and we're live from the big house in Dundalk. I am joined by Dylan Mullen, aka Chili Flake. Come all the way from Dublin, originally from Wicklow. Name of the village again? A Grange Garden, West Wicklow, West Side. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't know Dylan, he started out, uh, we'll say house, the house. Uh, yeah, started, started releasing music and playing music live within within sort of house music scene, DJing, mm. yeah. And then branched off into, well, still still in a little bit of Psytrance. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll get into that later on, but Chitty Flake, we're not going to try and uh, put a genre on it because as one thing I heard you say recently is that music is just music. It doesn't really need a, a genre. It but doesn't matter what you label it as. No, not at all. So if you're watching this podcast and you haven't listened to Cosmic Boogie, which is the, the recent album he's come out with, go and listen to it. Press pause right now. Go and listen to that. Come back. Just for a bit of reference. We're going to dig, dig into a little bit of the music, talk a wee bit about yourself and and maybe the creative side of tunes, but I think it'd be good to start off, seeing as we're on Dundalk, to mention the fact that you actually have a, a, like a wee link to Dundalk. I do indeed. It's a bit cold in here today, but... Uh Oh, sneaky, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that you had there the you jersey go, yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, it had to be done. Uh, yeah, so uh, I just have family connections to Dundalk, and uh, uh, we were chatting about it earlier. Um, so my granddad uh, grew up on Domain Terrace, right beside Oriel Park, the, the, the Dundalk football club ground. And uh, and my granny was from the area as well. So uh, he, he actually, my granddad, played for Dundalk back in the day. Um, and... Uh, he had a picture of himself making an absolute worldly save that was in the paper at the time, and that was up on the wall in, in the in the house in Raffarnham in Dublin. And anybody that came into the house that hadn't met met him before was like, kind of just escorted to this image, and it was like, "Have a look at this now. Have a look at that there." Before, come to the shrine before, first. Yeah, before you come any further and uh, uh, pay your respects. Uh, so so. Uh, we, myself and my dad and my brother and the, the, all the uncles and nephews kind of followed Dundalk then and uh, used to go to the Dundalk games with himself and uh, he loved it that, that all the lads in the family kind of uh, still followed the club and still came up to Oriel the odd time and stuff like that. Mm. So uh, it's, my, it's like it's funny because it's also funny that how I, I messaged you about the, doing the podcast was yeah. the fact that you'd just been up here yeah. <laughs> and you took a picture of the outside of the pub and I sent it over there. I was like, this... This is mad. Yeah, it's a funny chance, all right. Yeah, but yeah. not too like not too many people outside Dundalk actually know much about Dundalk. No. So I was very surprised to hear. That's it. Yeah, that. yeah. And it, that was actually just a, a day I had I had decided to come up uh, with my girlfriend just to kind of spend a day up in the town because I'd only ever been up here for football matches. Mm. So I'd only really been around Oriel, but I hadn't actually explored the town a bit. So it was nice to come up, and I was walking past this pub, and I. Uh, I saw the the three the harp Guinness and McCardle signs and I was like that that if if that doesn't scream Dundalk I don't know what does. Hundred percent. Yeah. Couldn't be any closer so, to the brewery. Yeah 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 and it and it just happens that uh, this pub is in your family. What are the chances? Mad. Yeah. Mad. Shout out to I was about to call him Fat Tony. Shout out to <laughs> shout out to Tony. <laughs> yeah. But uh, now that's the connection to the connection to the town ancestral homeland. So it's nice to be back and. Uh, uh, I do think that, uh, around the football club and around the town itself, there's a, there's something special about it. I think like like the people are a bit wild and uh, and there's just a kind of a nice wholesome sort of vibe around the town. Mm. And like we were talking about with the, the with the sort of uh, young creatives around Dundalk that are doing bits, uh, there is a nice a nice sort of c- community buzz and uh, you can definitely sense it around the place. I think. Yeah, we were in uh, Max Coffee earlier. He's getting lots of mentions in the in the last podcast. One thing you're not allowed to say today is we're not allowed to say the word shout out because the other night 
the boys just kept saying <laughs> shout out to so it's a yeah. real no more if you're coming yeah. on the podcast eradicate it from your vocabulary <laughs> uh, but we were Max Coffee we got a bit of grub earlier yeah uh, got a lovely coffee um, I complimented his Seeking Judy top yeah Seeking Judy another yeah. done local uh, local business um, but we were saying earlier yeah no you asked me earlier do you think there's a different buzz around the dock there's mm. a different aura around the dock there is in other yeah. things I think we, it's hard for us to judge because we're from the yeah, dock yeah, we're here know. and I haven't been to too many towns but if you're from somewhere that's not Dundalk and you've been to Dundalk and you, you, you think there is a bit of a buzz sure let us know because we don't know yeah. we're from the town <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all it's all we know but there is there seems to be a lot of young people doing bits but um, I think it nearly filters because we're so close to Dublin as well that we get you get, you get the same sort of I don't know people are starting to not give a fuck and go into the areas they want to go into now whereas in the this past is it, it yeah, was a yeah. smaller t- town yeah. people were afraid and to maybe step out and the maybe if you're further into the midlands or, or you know right, right out in the sticks there might be a bit more judgment around around pushing the boat out a little bit more in, in terms of being creative and that kind of thing mm. how how did a, a fella from from a small village from wicklow come to have such a a varied uh, kind of approach to music because when you listen to Cosmic Boogie there's yeah. so many different sounds in there yeah. so many different sounds you think I'm a dub or something like that <laughs> <laughs> you, what, it, like, the first time I heard it I, I was like the first the first song I heard I said the earlier was uh, Breathe Deep Breathe Deep yeah, yeah, the yeah first, that was yeah, the first deep. single yeah. and um, I didn't know it was an Irish person that had made it and yeah. I was like I was expecting this to be some I don't know maybe I had no idea where it was from. I was like, yeah. it's not Irish as well. Yeah, it can't be. <laughs> but then I was like, this boy, called, this boy called Chili Flake from Wicklow. <laughs> I was like, great to see. Like, there's so many people in Ireland now that are just stepping out of the boundaries when it comes just to music. Their and thing. Like, we yeah. were speaking about earlier about local lads, TPM and Mary Wallopers. Yeah. And one of the things that you are doing at the moment that is very good that the boys are doing as well, yeah. bringing music that would be considered, you know, or something that's considered not not cool by young people. So the yeah. Mary Wallopers with their ballads, yourself, your there's boys rapping our scale up there. Yeah. You're using uh, samples of old Irish songs. Yeah, you know it's fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's really cool to be a part of. I mean, I mean, I'd like to think I'm only kind of just making the music that's inspired by music I like myself. So I'm just m- really making music for myself, um, and you know, not trying to adhere to any standards or or, or trends or whatever, um. But definitely, uh, I really, really love what the boys are doing uh, um, with the Mary Wallopers and stuff. Mm. You know, like like the, the music they're playing isn't that different, like I was saying earlier, than the music that the owl lad is playing uh, in, in the corner of the dingy pub. But it's the fact that they're young hooligans and that they've got that charisma and energy about them and they're, they're appealing to a different audience mm. is, is what makes the difference. 100%. Um, but you know they're playing tunes that are hundreds of years old. It's deadly, like you know yeah. what I mean. Uh, and yeah, when when I released my second um, second single, Ishnua, with my good friend Mari, who uh, who raps our scale, got on it. Uh, I had my friend play the tin whistle on it as well, and we kind of combined a few different a uh, few different areas, you know, trad with sort of hip hop and dub and stuff. And yeah, like between between the the traditional Irish sound and the and the lyrics of scale, um there's a lot there that's that's that wouldn't be your your average uh your average uh taste of a of a younger irish person uh, which is a shame 
but uh, it went really well and it was really cool to be a part of and even like I said to yourself I'm not like nowhere near fluent in Irish or anything like that but just to be a part of it mm. and uh, to see the reaction it was getting from people in Ireland and you know uh, expats living in Australia and stuff like that you know saying Gahanawa is fucking deadly you know <laughs> yeah. really really good to be a part of and uh, felt like we were kind of part of something special yeah and yeah. the video the video as well uh if you haven't seen the video or obviously if you haven't listened i'd fucking pause and go and listen but if you haven't seen the video <laughs> already the video uh, is brilliant to like you're you're dressed mm. up as a druid yeah going around looking for mushies yeah yeah <laughs> but uh that there's like seems to be a resurgence and people kind of not a, so much as adapting the old ways but paying homage to the old ways people like doing stuff for so and yeah um, exactly reconnecting the old celtic mysticism yeah, yeah. not yeah. wrong with it it's a good buzz to be on instead of the catholic church telling <laughs> us to hide away hide far from it exactly exactly get it out <laughs> free the nipple yo there's actually there's a mural down the town we were speaking about the murals oh, yeah. earlier there's one of saint bridget is there yeah yeah but and half of it's the celtic uh bridget you know and then the other half's the the catholic interesting saint. yeah yeah well there's a lot to be said for that as well i remember uh reading up on it recently that um when Catholicism first came to Ireland, they, they really just kind of hopped on a lot of the old uh, Celtic myths and, and legends and kind of just twist them to fit their own agenda mm. so that they could, could appeal to the pagan population of Ireland. So, you know, St. Bridget uh, is actually, you know, a, a much older than the Catholic Church in Ireland, but they kind of just twisted her to appeal to the Catholic audience or, yeah. or, or the pagan audience I should say but it's quite interesting but uh, yeah and they've also just made uh, St. Bridget's Day a bank holiday I believe did they? I think so yeah there yeah. you go well St. Bridget's Shrine's not far away from here is that right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I'd be close <laughs> enough now to, uh, to St. Bridget's uh, ancestral homeland and the pl- on the mighty plains of Kildare so oh. there you go didn't know she was from there yeah and we took we took our feed from Max Coffee earlier up to Collins Castle we did um, another local a bit of, bit of history, but if people are into the mythology, um, but uh, with that with that video and what was the name of the girl who shot that? Video? Uh, Hannah McGlynn. Hannah McGlynn. Yeah, yeah. The video was fucking shot so well. Yeah, she she did an amazing job. Um, yeah, I uh, couldn't recommend her enough if you're looking for a music video or anything like that done. Um, she did an amazing job and uh, she was really into the project. Her, you know, herself really connected with it and had great ideas and was great to work with and. Uh, shot and edited the whole directed and edited the whole video and you know you can see the finished project it's just like it's it's very very sick that was video number one for yourself wasn't video it? video number one hopefully the first of many yeah um, what was was it a nerve-wracking experience or do you think it was not really like and i think it was because i told yourself uh i was living in amsterdam at the time and we had planned it while i was living abroad uh came home for the weekend uh played at a forest rave for friday night and then got up at 10 o'clock the next morning to go into the deep into the Wicklow Mountains and filmed that, so there was definitely no fear there. Yeah, yeah, maybe it was a little bit, a little bit slow, but uh, <laughs> it was nice. It was a nice, wholesome buzz. Then we uh, we finished it off with a lot of friends of mine and uh, got a fire going and uh, had a big session after. So it was a very Class. wholesome day altogether. But it helps when you have somebody who is good at kind of guiding the direction. Yeah, hundred percent. Like like somebody who, like I said, she was really interested in the project uh, and understood what we were going for and was as ex- excited about it. Uh, as we were so um yeah to have that kind of shared interest and understanding and enthusiasm definitely definitely made it just slot into place and we got it all shot in a day you know is there any other videos lined up renting on cosmic boogie uh nothing so far to be honest like we've had it we were we had a few ideas maybe to do do something a bit more a bit more quick and kind of uh homemade like the boys got a little a little cheap 4k camera and uh, they even 
brought it out on the day of Ishinawa and uh, they used it for some B-roll and sort mm. of like connecting shots and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely not ruling anything out. Um, yeah, even even maybe some more like sort of animated and uh, uh, stuff like that. I'm animated would be cool. Yeah, I think so. For maybe for like for like cosmic boogie or something, some sort of space vibe. Yeah, you know, you're a fan. You're track. a fan. Uh, <laughs> I seen one of the. I'm gonna. Pr- I might bring it up later. I have, I have a picture. A picture rain where I do a deep dive on someone's Instagram. Oh, nice. a picture. <laughs> and looking maybe, forward to that now. But uh, there's one you put yourself and your dog up in space. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and uh, yeah, Dylan and Cosmos explore. Dylan and Cosmo explore the cosmos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My little, <laughs> my little dog Cosmo. Uh, she's an awful hooer. She's, she's very intelligent, but uh, she's got a bo- she's got a boyfriend on on every house on the road. No so way. Yeah, she set she settled down a bit. But, uh, used to used to have to go up and bring her home. So she was happy as Larry, and I was uh, in the middle of learning the Photoshop ropes. So made uh, made sense. The original artwork for Cosmic Boogie. That one that is mm. brilliant. For me, as as Shiva, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah, some people were very into it, and uh, some people uh, kind of glad I didn't use it in the end. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I was I was pretty into it, uh, but then I suppose uh, I suppose it is it is twenty twenty one. I don't want to offend anybody either. Uh, you know, I depicted myself as like a Hindu lord, but uh, <laughs> it was a bit of crack anyway. It was a bit of crack, I would agree. <laughs> Shut up. No offence was intended. No, anyway, no offence so, intended. But uh, the actual artwork then uh, you have is fucking class. Yeah, so a friend a friend of mine who I was actually in school with, uh, uh, Jennifer Mungibalf, uh, she's, uh, she was always a, an amazing artist and illustrator. Uh, she's going under Caliboy now uh, and doing graphic design and illustration. She made the logo for me, oh, um, of which uh, just d- depicts exactly what I wanted it to depict. Like, um, uh, I don't know how I came up with the name Chili Flake, but I knew I wanted to, uh, you know, play on the whole spicy thing, you know, strictly spicy because I like spicy food and just... I don't know, me and my friends would always use like spicy as like a, a term of endearment, mm. you know, it's like oh, it's a spicy tune or, you know, it's, yeah, it's yeah. like a spicy night we had or whatever, whatever the fuck like. When I'm in the gym and something is really fucking intense, I would be like, geez, that was spicy. There, yeah, you can kind of use it for anything really like, you yeah. know, um, like yeah. I, I would be like the clients if, so, if something was really in, uh, like the lifting the max, I'd be like, how spicy is that at one, one to ten on the spiciness <laughs> yeah. scale, like how spicy is yeah. it? But uh, I don't know why. I don't know why. Spicy goal. Somebody could score a spicy goal. Yeah, spicy goal. Pick a spicy Irish people are weird with the little uh, <laughs> isms with the language, aren't we? Yeah, we're deadly. And we're in the capital of it here, hey. Hey, hey, yeah. <laughs> What's your favourite ism from Dundalk? Ism from Dundalk. Uh, well, like, to be fair. You you don't think you know enough? I, I, I definitely have. There's always space to learn. But uh, we, like, just sticking a wee behind before something just makes it sound that bit more innocent doesn't it you know? i think we do it a lot come on we? we'll submit a wee thesis here it's I, grand like if I, if I go through my instagram like every post i have at least one wee yeah and like i didn't know that was just a, a thing that we do yeah the wee county not the just wee because county. of the size yeah and how often we use the word we biggest town in the smallest county there you go. There you go. Is right. No, it's great. I, lo- I love the town. But uh, I think I think as well, it's it's uh, it's. Uh, I'm a big fan of the accent as well. I think the accent is what makes the isms that bit more uh, exciting. But uh, favoritism. Favoritism. What is? What's yours? Favoritism. Favoritism from the dog. Same. Favoritism. Ah, ah. 
well our kid ah oh, well our kid yeah and do you know my dad was telling me he was up here racing up with some of his cousins and uh uh, it's it's just evolved now that you don't even say kid anymore. So it's well are well are yeah well are and see from working in this pub, the, all the boys that used to come in here, are, oh well are kid, well are well are well are just ingrained into my head. But uh, here you are. Not even oh, here you are, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's load of load of them. Any avec? Did you ever hear that? Avec. Yeah. yeah. Alright, avec. Avec. Endearment. Like how do you spell it? Right, it? How would you spell it? B-I-E-C. <laughs> I think so, anyway. My mum tried to tell me it was... Oh, so yeah, there's no way to spell it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not in Colin's English Dictionary, like. <laughs> My mum tried to tell me it's something, like it was an Irish word that they just had adapted, but I don't know if there's anything as close to it. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah, well, we were chatting about the Blind Boy podcast earlier, yeah, and he, he talks about that a lot, how, like, uh, we don't actually speak speak English in this country definitely not in the dark anyway Hiberno but, English yeah Hiberno English that's it like you know it's like you, you come to uh, we have our own language that has been here for thousands of years and then you have the English come and uh, and and take that away so it's, it's sort of a mix between the both mm. which is kind of interesting which makes it quite interesting I think. it's funny though because if you go 15 minutes up the cross McGrain yeah. they have a lot of their own isms as well yeah yeah I, I totally yeah. For, for such a small a small island uh the difference in dialects and accents like you know in within 10 miles of each other is just mad it is yeah and in, in, in culture and culture as well like uh, we were speaking about like and a couple of people have come down and been like what's the story with the dark and trotter and we're like <laughs> it's like it's it's dead funny like the the the, the stories and the traditions that we have in, in, in ireland but one of the things i thought was really interesting and i didn't notice it until i, I read the interview that you did with Face Magazine. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. About the the crossover in culture with the Indian and Irish culture that you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Anjuna Dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And shout out to the Fact Magazine boys. Um, yeah. Oh, Fact Magazine. Fact Magazine. Fact, yeah, face. yeah, FAC. And it's it's actually called Fact Magazine because uh, it's it's uh, made in a factory. <laughs> it was a factory that that had that uh, was owned in their families or something like they all used to hang out and drink and stuff. So. But yeah, and uh, Mari featured on the vocals of that, and he'd be very down with his Punjab music and his Indian culture and stuff yeah. like that. That's good. Uh, but yeah, there would be a lot, of, a lot, I suppose, a lot of similarities between uh, the music in some ways, and then and traditions and cultures and the and the uh, mythology and stuff like that as well. Mm. So yeah, it's kind Colors of the flag nearly as well. Colors of the flag as well, yeah dead right mm. um but i'm all about fusion do you know what i mean like i like and uh, uh trad celtic fusion seems to work very well as well mm. with, with different cultures but like yeah I'd, like in the whole album you'll hear a lot of different fusion between different uh uh languages and uh, cultures and genres of music and all that kind of thing you know what was it like getting because you got you outsourced somebody to play some of the instruments and that did you uh, yeah, well, most of it was done. So pretty much all the guitar and bass was done by myself. Oh. All the all the drum programming and all the producing was done by myself, basically. And then, uh, but but like I, I was I was really keen on um, collaborating with all of my, you know, talented friends and family that I have in my circle. You know, uh, to get them involved to uh, boost my own music and and give themselves a platform. Like so, uh, you know, my cousin Lewis Young, who's just doing absolute bits at the moment. Uh, he's actually. Uh, he's just a multi-instrumentalist but he is playing in his own band called uh, Sky Atlas who actually have their EP uh, launched tonight so 
should check them out. Uh, his main instruments, I believe, are kind of just keyboard, violin, and saxophone. Uh, but he's also touring with Emma Dunleavy now, oh. uh, uh, doing sax and keys and stuff for her, uh, and with uh, Tolu Malakai, I think, and Toshin, and like a lot of other people. So he played sax on the track I did with Smokey, mm. uh, Sugar and Spice, uh, and absolutely tore it up. Uh, Maria did two tracks with obviously, mm. <laughs> and then uh, did a track with uh, my dad and my sister. So your dad and your sister, proper, which one? So Cosmic Boogie, SPM is my dad, and Serge Mullins my sister. No way. Yeah, so I had my dad do the vocals, and I wrote the vocals, and my dad sang them, and then my sister did backing vocals. So that was a proper sly in the family stone job, family affair. Love that. Yeah. And yeah. what your did your dad make music? <coughs> uh, yeah, my dad uh, is uh, has been uh, gigging and writing tunes uh, uh, for many a year now. Uh, released uh, an EP about four or five years ago, um, and you know w- was touring uh, or sorry, was was playing pub gigs and and doing covers and stuff for years and years and um, very well seasoned at this stage now. Yeah. So um, and he's been writing his own stuff. So yeah, it's good to link up. So hopefully we will again in the future. Yeah, that's that's really cool, man. It's something yeah. that uh, not too many people get to share that in, in the For family. sure, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And it wouldn't be now till look at that shtick, by the way, lads. Whoop. That's serious. Uh, <laughs> but it's not till it's not till you're older that you kind of appreciate that kind of thing as well, you know? Yeah. I I'd say unknown to yourself, you probably picked up a lot of stuff from him even maybe. Oh, hundred percent. A hundred the influences, yeah. Yeah. And you know, I've obviously gone out and uh and, and found my own way and found my own influences uh you know through my friends and through my own journey but uh definitely gave me such a big a big grounding and foundation to go on what uh, age did you start playing guitar he on you what, when did you start well, I, I, so i got would have got my first guitar at the age of six yeah yeah so early enough know. now like it it's the classic story i think of so many young fellas where you, you know start playing an instrument where you're younger and you really make good progress until you get into secondary school and then you're like, I'm just I'm too cool to play guitar. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not cool anymore. And, uh, you know, you know, played in music class or, you know, played around the odd, the odd time, picked it up for 15 minutes every now and then while I was in secondary school. But wish I really did keep it up properly because I would be very a lot better than I am now. Um, That's what he keeps saying the whole time. It's always the way. It's, never it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's annoying looking back at it now. You know, I wish I really put more time into 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 music but um you don't appreciate a lot of them things that no it's not that you get forced to do it's and it's like i like you probably did want to go at some stage but yeah then the more you do it when you're younger it's just like oh. yeah exactly it's a bit of a chore like uh, you know you're you're forced to do it and you're for your parents are forcing you to do it with your best interests at heart yes yeah, so you're not you know what i mean house. yeah exactly uh you're either you who's knocking on the door we're not open not open, sorry. Thirsty, thirsty buggers. <laughs> thirsty men. How are you? Go on. <laughs> Get up them stairs. Yeah. Get out of that game. Yeah. Um, but uh, so when did you start picking it up and going at it again? So, so I kind of uh, got my first set of decks then when I was fourteen. So I guess I I, I replaced it with something at least, you know, and and, and really kind of got into the into the house sort of deep house buzz sort of in twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen, and. Uh, and uh, kept going with that with my with my mate Billy, and we started a group called Dead Sound, and you know so so uh, got into DJing and playing gigs and producing uh, quite early, in, you know fourteen fifteen, which definitely stands to me now. Mm. So we we we, uh, we have been making house music and and uh, kind of playing around Dublin and stuff like that for a good while, and then um, 
kind of probably about four years ago now when I was in like second year of college, so it would have been nineteen, twenty or whatever. Um I kind of just started branching out a bit like with the with the music I was making. So I was kind of focused on making electronic music and house music primarily and I had got quite handy at Ableton the production software because I've been using it for like six or seven years at that stage. Mm. And I guess I just kind of picked up the guitar again and started uh, started doing a bit of recording and kind of looping and making some sort of more funky stuff and, you know, looping the guitar and stuff like that. And fun. So it was kind of cool. Um, and how it really kicked off then was uh, I was making more jam- more and more jams. Uh, and in my college course, uh, one of the l- one of the modules was the music industry, basically. And we shared that uh, we shared that class with uh, the music production uh, course, uh, and my mates Murray, Tim, Baz, and Smokey were all on that course. And basically, for the for the year, everybody had to do an end of year project, like like one big project, uh, which was like you know put on a gig, or uh, review a gig, or you know write an essay on a band or whatever the fuck. Mm. Uh, and the boy, the four boys who have been all been rapping separately and kind of like you know, jam- so four boys from the road poetry. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So they'd all been jamming together, all been rapping uh, on their own and doing their own thing on SoundCloud or whatever. Um, all you know, hip hop fundamentalists, really, really good, uh, wordsmiths and mm. and producers and all. And they said, right, well, fuck it. Like we've been doing our own thing uh, separately for this long. Uh, so why don't we just come together? So they started up a label. Uh, called Rogue, Re- Rogue Records, based out of Dunleary. I was in college in IDT, which is just outside Dunleary. So these boys are all from around the area. And they started up off Rogue Records uh, and kind of started a group called the Rogue Poets uh, to and had Rogue Records to release their music on. Uh, my project, because I just started making these jams, was like, I'm going to start a new musical venture called Chili Flake, uh, where I'm kind of releasing this type of music. And it just kind of made sense. Like, it was the obvious next step. It's like, oh, you're starting a label. I'm starting a, n- a new, you know, new music that fits within kind of what you're doing. And they liked my stuff and kind of just went from there then. Yeah. So it's, it was kind of like a, a matter of right place, right time for both of us, I think. Mm. That's, that's good. Like, yeah. like, you, like having people that you can not even so much collaborate with, but like you, that, that's in the similar industry, whether it's just to get some feedback or to collaborate yeah, absolutely. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, you know, especially if uh, if you're making music that maybe isn't, you know, your 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 go to music like on a night out in Dublin or whatever it is, you know, maybe maybe not the same thing you hear all the time. Uh, it might might be fo- hard to find someone who'd be able to give you constructive criticism on that, mm. or who would even just be be into it enough to to connect with you, you know. But the fact that they they all did music production, did they? They all did music production, yeah. So they uh, all had an ear for. They all had an ear for it. it, yeah, yeah. And even though, uh, you know, the stu- the music I was making wasn't necessarily just straight up hip hop, uh, they were all quite into it. Um, and also were kind of happy enough to to give me the leeway and space to kind of you know just make the music I wanted. Mm. And yeah, thankfully they were into it. The one thing I like as well is that you use interesting samples in terms of like. Speak like the people speaking on it. Yeah. The breed deep. Yeah. Where did you grab that? Oh, that's an absolute banger. Uh, and uh, no fear of copyright on that one, anyway. I hope. <laughs> but a friend of mine, uh, <coughs> a friend of mine, Connor, who did the, uh, he's a uh, ma- many different aliases. Uh, his most recent one is uh, six six six. Fuck the queen. 
uh, Damien Duff tribute set. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think, yeah, on, on that, on, on the album, he went under a, a Pula Fuka dub syndicate. Um, so uh, he did the whistle, on the tin whistle on Ishnua. Mm. Uh, and also he's a really sick old uh, uh, tape delay from like the 60s in which he uh, he did some some dubbing and some some delay on that track as well um but uh yeah i was kind of jamming away with him and found this record he had his couple of you know charity shop finds and it was basically uh the relax it was an old irish record that he found and it's called the relaxology S- series uh, how to quit smoking vi- uh, like guided vinyl it was from the 70s, and it's basically you stick it on, listen to it to help you quit the fags. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So it was like, like basically, like, uh, like guided hyp- meditation. hypnosis meditation to help you quit fags. And I was like, this would be such a sweet sample. So I took, like, the kind of, uh, f- chopped a few bits out of it, but just kind of the intro to it. Where it was like, this side of the record. And I was just like, that would be perfect. So, and I think I, I made that track, and then, as the album evolved uh, and came together, I was like, that's just the perfect opening for the album because literally what he's saying, it's like, you know, before the track kicks off, it's like, you know, take a deep breath, relax, you know, basically like little guided meditation. And I think like if you actually, you know, listen to it, it gets you in the headspace, then gets you relaxed to kind of kick in and fully listen to the album and fully enjoy the ride. Because mm, it is a fucking ride. It's yeah. a journey of different yeah. sounds, different cultures, the whole mm. lot, like, um but that yeah like there's a something powerful about taking something that's like as i said earlier i'm big into samples mostly in terms of like the hip-hop yeah of course side yeah. Things, but taking something and like reusing it in, a, in, in another way that's unrecognizable yeah. yeah yeah i'm sure nobody that will listen to your song will know where the fuck that's that's from. it yeah it's an art form in itself you know <laughs> um i guess i i coming from playing guitar and playing instruments like i i, I never really um learn to make music in a sample orientated right way you know where 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 the using the sample uh, as a complete instrument or mm. as, as one of the main elements of the track uh but definitely you know finding cool little samples like that um and, and flipping them and, and and vocals and stuff like that as, as i did on uh king of the dub fairies you know in that kind of way I'm that's definitely very into it yeah. some i sent i was t- one of my clients i was supposed to have a call with earlier and, and didn't have time to because I was preparing and doing stuff yeah. and I was like I can't have the call and doing the podcast with blah blah and I sent her some of her tunes she came back to me and sent me that song she's like that's a remix of uh, John B. Keen yeah yeah, yeah, she, yeah. well no not even John B. Keen it was, uh, oh like, yeah it was the King of the Fairies King of the Fairies yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and I had <laughs> a fucking great story behind that as well uh, so obviously uh, the Horse Lips did a, did a King of the Fairies uh, yeah. cover as well obviously it's a fairly old tune but I was living in Amsterdam, as I mentioned before, there for a year, just up until Christmas. And uh, uh, my girlfriend was with me too. And a girl that, that, that my girlfriend worked with in a cafe, uh, Aoife Devlin is her name. She's from Belfast. Uh, got friendly with her and we were chatting away and all that. And, and found out that uh, she played the harp. And when she lived back home, she was fairly handy at the old harp. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, had a, had a really good one, you know, because, because she used to enter competitions or whatever. And... Um, I think it was just before Corona uh, hit the fan. Uh, 
she her parents drove from Belfast to Amsterdam and brought her harp over for her because it's like there's no point in this you know expensive amazing wooden Irish harp sitting at home collecting dust so they brought it over and she had it in her apartment uh, she happened to just live up the road from like literally a five minute cycle up the road for me and we got onto each other saying like uh, we'd have to collaborate like like hundred percent have to make it happen mm. and then literally like about five days before I left we finally made it happen I went over to her as one night borrowed borrowed a mic off a friend of mine and recorded her playing a few tunes. Uh, and then came home and went through them and just loaded up a project with the King of the Dove Fairies recording and I'd say I made like 80% of that tune in in that night in my bedroom in Amsterdam. Yeah, yeah, it was it was sick. It just worked so well, just whatever happened, it just something clicked and I was like, this would work so well with the dub bass line. And then the fucking and top then, it off. Then topped it off, uh, uh, got, got, John B, got John B. Keen on it. Um, and do you know, it was funny, originally I was going to call it the Pint of Harp because I was in Amsterdam at the time, kind of missing home, because things were a bit bleak over there. And I was just thinking of, you know, the harp ad. Mm. And it's like, you can fry an egg in this heat. If you had an egg, <laughs> yeah. you could certainly sink a pint of harp. Is it? And that's Sally O'Brien. Oh, the way she you. might look at you. <laughs> yeah, so I was kind of thinking about the pint of harp and bringing it back to the harp. So it's sort so it's sort of like that in a way, like an, an ode to uh, an ode to, to home, missing home a bit and, and being away from home. And, and of course, Aoife was you know from ireland as well in a way so it kind of made a bit of sense and then yeah i guess i guess just the little john b Kane thing like uh, it's it's uh such a legendary little bit of, bit of audio yeah you can talk about his love of drink and it just worked just worked very well lally does it lally does a really good impression i can imagine we'll have to get you to do an impression for later on yeah yeah uh, so Five to five. Yeah. Just so we know. Perfect. Yeah. Sounds Dead good. Dead on. Uh, with what song now? I'm going to have to actually check the notes. You threw me off, Lally. <laughs> That's all right. Fuck you, Aaron. Uh, I know we already talked about it. King of the Dub Fairies. Boom. All the songs. There you go. Off, sorted. Uh, so we spoke about it earlier, but obviously for the podcast, it'd be good to speak about yep. you. Future, you want to get into doing live sets yeah yeah so um it's something i've been sort of uh tiptoeing around for a while now uh it's it is a bit of a big undertaking i think because i'm i've been djing for so long and i'm so comfortable behind Mm. a set of decks uh and that's quite what i'm used to but i really want to get a chili flake live show going um just trying to figuring out the ins and outs of the minute and you know obviously you want to get something down that i'm completely happy with and confident in um and that's stage worthy mm. and so but yeah something like what like i don't know how i could compare it to like if you've ever seen tash sultana perform live something along those lines um so like where i'd have the guitar on stage have the bass on stage have the you know uh, the controllers and some instruments and stuff like that and be doing a bit of live looping and a bit of dubbing and playing a bit of guitar and bass and vocals and all that kind of thing and, and getting people that feature on getting Sunday. people that feature on yeah to to uh, to play on stage and and uh, uh do their little rippity rappity on stage and whatnot uh, and just making a bit more of a exciting live one-off experience for me and for the audience you know mm. but as well then having the option to do dj sets where i could mix it up a bit and push the boat out a bit more in terms of the tunes and you know depending on the venue the time of day the other artists playing that kind of thing a bit more you, know? you have a different a few different creative outlets there then a few different creative outlets yeah i never wanted to to um 
for Chili Flake to be one thing, you know, I didn't want to just come in and just say, yeah, yeah, I'm a hip hop act, you know what I mean? Like, mm. just, you know, not restrict myself to anything musically, you know, or in terms of the live show or whatever. So, mm, but that's the plan. Hopefully, coming in, 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 in the not so distant future, you'll see me playing some live shows. Class, yeah. class. We'll uh, move into the br- last bit of questions, the, uh, the what's called the rapid, okay. the rapid fire. But Great first, fire, we're going to get into a. There's a picture. I'm going to show the camera the picture and I want you to explain. Well, maybe not so much explain it, but we can get into it. We talk about it. Yeah. Are uh, we still talking about uh, uh, Cosmo in space or have we got a new one? Uh, we'll go for a new one. Okay. So I'm assuming you have this tattoo on you. The equilibrium. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll show you here. Yin-yang. Yeah. And as you can see, yeah, literally on the back of your phone as you're showing the camera. Yin-yang yeah. Up. What made you want to get that tattoo? And uh, so, at the t- well, well, I've been following the tattoo artist for a while, and he's actually done the rest of my arm there as well. Sutus is his name, Dylan Sutton. Um, he's doing incredible, uh, incredible artwork, especially his geometric work. Um, but at the time, and and still, obviously, but at the time, I guess it was it was a bit of a realization about about the yin yang and the uh, and the meaning behind it, and mm. just the the balance uh, aspect of things. Uh, and I was just like. I just guess I connected with it a lot uh, and uh, just kind of resonated with me that, uh, you know, I think I think the key to a lot of things is finding balance, mm. you know, finding find balance between uh, between my working life and uh, my music career. You know? How do you find balance being a chef? <laughs> uh, it's tough. It's tough at the moment. It seems to be kind of uh, one or the other. You know what I mean? It's hard. It's hard to uh, it's hard working full full time as a chef and then. Uh, and then trying to dedicate your days off to music because you just want to either sleep or go in the pints or both, you know, so. Exactly, it's uh, hard. Is there anything you do regularly to look after the, the noggin, to look after your mental health? Uh, I, there's, there's stuff I definitely could be doing more of at the moment, uh, but uh, definitely uh, I like trying trying to get outdoors, going for hikes. I was I was a lot better for it uh, now during lockdown because I had a lot more time on my hands. Um, but uh you know being from wicklow just like making making the most of of where i'm from like the the rent of amazing hikes and amazing uh biodiversity and nature that i have on my doorstep mm. that you don't really appreciate when you're a kid you probably don't really appreciate till you leave to be fair uh so i was trying to you know make the most of that um and uh i'm up in the big smoke now so i suppose like trying to make time to just uh to to see your friends and see your family a bit more because mm. um, we it's very easy to get caught up in the rat race 100%. You know what I mean? So uh, just kind of making time for the things you like to do in your own life and and the people you love is uh, I think Boom. the best the best thing you could do for your own head. Absolutely, yeah, I would agree. Chili flake spice is important, obviously, to this man. <laughs> we mentioned it earlier. Uh, so, what would be your favorite spicy food? And if you can't pick one, give us a couple. Of uh, well, um, Mexican and Indian have always been my two favorite cuisines. I oh. think. Uh, Mexican, right? We're gonna go down to Mexican, right? Quickly. Yeah, yeah. Right. What's your favorite Mexican dish then? Uh, I think a good enchiladas is nice. I like to make enchiladas. It's just basically like Mexican lasagna. Do you mm. know what I mean? You've got that spice and uh, zinginess and excitement of Mexican food, but up in a nice big hearty dish, like. Yeah. Would Would chili flake touch a ghost chili, or is that too much? I'd probably give it a lash. Like I'm sure I'd regret it straight after, but uh, never say never. We'll have to no. co- copy all them them videos of Irish people try. Yeah, 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 yeah. Next all, time we'll up here, all we'll the hot stuff and get something really spicy. Next time we'll we're up here, we'll have we'll have hot wings. Is where is there anywhere in town hot, that does really stuff. really hot wings? 
We'll have to find out and sort yeah, yeah. sauce them. Hot sauce ones, them. sorry, is what I was thinking of. Hot ones, you know that show. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, Dundalk style. Dundalk style. You have to have a pint of hard with it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, best festival you were ever at? Uh, on this island, Finnaf. Uh, definitely. Uh, worldwide Azora Festival, uh, which is in Hungary. Uh, but uh, for the sake of the audience, uh, yeah, Finnaf, uh, amazing festival. Only down the road there in Belurgan Park. We were only talking about it earlier. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's an amazing uh, what Luke and the guys are doing down there. Um, and in terms of uh, the music, the venue, uh, and I think I've come to realise that uh, at a party or a festival or a gig, it's really the crowd that it makes it more memorable. Mm. So, uh, you know, everybody there was just on the same buzz, uh, all walks of life, no matter matter where they were from everyone was there for the same reason and when you have that vibe of like not having to look over your shoulder not mm -hmm. worried what's you know is your tent going to get nicked or anything like that once you have that then you're bound to have a good time yeah uh yeah, yeah. uh best best gig overall or the let's say like best artist best artist that I've, seen. that I've seen live oh, that's a tough one now um i went to the arctic monkeys gig in marley park uh, a couple of years ago, uh, just after they had released AM, that mm. album, and uh, that was very sick. Everyone there was very, very up for it. Uh, yeah, that was really good. Best pint of Guinness. That's a tough one. Uh, it's very, it's a, it's a good drop here. I must say, you saw the shtick on my last glass. Uh, <laughs> now you don't have to, obviously. No, I'm not. Listen, I'm not going to blow smoke up here. Yeah, don't, do, don't do that. But um, the. Uh, uh, Kyo's uh, on South Adams Street was was always my favourite pint of Guinness. Uh, it's always pretty solid. Uh, Dame Tavern have a good pint, and uh, I've moved up to Stalorgan recently. And there's a there's a pub there right beside my house called the Galloping Green, which mm. is a very old pub and a very famous pub. I'm told apparently apparently the RTE heads uh, hang out in there. Oh uh, yeah, I've yet to see them and uh, give them abuse yet. But, <laughs> uh, but it's a quality quality Fuck pint of playing in there too. Uh, favorite album. Ooh, uh, I'm just trying to think there. Uh, Dark Side of the Moon. It's a classic album. Yeah, I love Pink Floyd. They were, I would have called them my favourite band for a while. Maybe maybe still, if I had to think about it. Uh, yeah, it's a great album. Uh, Illmatic, it's definitely the best hip-hop album, in my opinion. Mm. I really like that album in terms of hip-hop. Um, and... Uh, there's this fucking Egypt from Wicklow called Chili Flake Cosmic Piggy it's a very <laughs> very very sick album well yeah proper <laughs> good uh, favourite film favourite film uh, Natural Born Killers Ooh, have you seen it yes I have <laughs> yes I banging have. film it's good yeah very much so I love Woody Harrelson yeah he's so it's good. legend I, and the fact that it was banned in Ireland uh, when it came out was it it was indeed class yeah I was only talking to someone last night can't even remember who it was, uh, uh, but he. Oh yeah, yeah. I know it was a friend of mine. Now uh, he's going to interview for college. Uh, the uh, the guy who you know the like the I Irish film rating board. Mm. They always come up before the film in the cinema. He's going to interview the guy who started that before it was an office. I'm gonna go ask him now. Why'd you ban Life of Brian? You know, because but you know Monty Python and fucking Natural Born Killers and all were banned at the time. Yeah. Probably had his arms tied, but it's pretty interesting. 
my parents tell me a story they're living in australia and uh my dad's brother flew over to visit them and you know just after like a 24 hour was a flying or whatever completely jet lagged he was like as soon as he got into the house he was like i want to watch it right now <laughs> just like before he went to bed or anything he was like i want to see natural born killers yeah there just because go. yeah the forbidden fruit by taboo if you restrict something it's going to make people want it more that's it but it is a great film a great yeah. film yeah and shot very well as well visually it's a great film yeah absolutely um favorite podcast uh to be fair i'd have to say the blind boy podcast mm. i've listened to nearly every episode of that and like we were talking about earlier he's uh, he's got a great mind um when i was living in amsterdam uh and working in the kitchen especially during covid I, I would be open in the kitchen by myself so i'd be there from 12 to 4 on my own mm. and i would just have a uh, blind boy blaring down Class. down down the dungeon of of, a, of an old building in Amsterdam so that was uh, it was a nice taste of home when I was over there and yeah. Uh, also yeah his podcasts are deadly whether whether it's with the guests and talking about or talking about mental health or the housing crisis or something really serious mm. or talking about some complete bollocks it's all equally as interesting white dog poo or something like that literally yeah it's deadly <laughs> well thanks man for coming it's been a pleasure appreciate thanks it thanks for having us thank you Lally for doing the video as usual cheers boss thank you to Anthony for letting us use the pub big time and I think it'd be good for if you have any events or anything like that coming up to let the people know uh, yeah well you just get, uh, get onto my Instagram at Chili Flake or um, the uh, Rogue Records they're under or Records on Instagram uh, to keep up with any future releases we'll hopefully maybe get like a single or uh, something like that out before the end of the year or early in the new year to try to keep the train going mm. um, and uh, we did a, we did a great gig, gig back on, on Freedom Night in the Lighthouse in Dunleary that went really really well yeah um, and I know Dunleary's a little bit out of the way for some people, so we're kind of hoping to maybe off the back of that get a gig going in town. Um, and uh, yeah, we had a gig planned in Workman's for like the 20th of March in 2020 or something like that. So uh, hopefully we can get something going there again. Strike while they are and still hot. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that is us. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.